Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shirt. No. Definitely bigger. Get people that you don't know or hasn't seen it yet to, to tell you. It's, well, it's, honestly, it's, it's well uplifting. Connor, you're, yes. I mean, you, you know, you say the size of your penis is not for you to say, but mm-hmm. you've been looking at it for how old are you? I'm 30 and a half. You're 30 and a half years old and you've been looking at your penis. Your penis has been hanging between your legs for 30 and a half years and it's not for you to say how big it is. This is the Fighting Cock Podcast. It's episode 45, season 10 of the podcast. 
And um, I want to welcome Alex from Bristol. Morning. How are you doing, mate? Morning. Uh, you're super positive about the situation at Spurs at the moment. I've also got on yeah, the yeah. line. <laughs> I've also got on the line uh, Connor and Jimmy Regal, and we're about to be joined by Felonius Filth. But we've got to keep this thing rolling because we record at a certain time, and Felonius felt it apt to tell us that he he's not available for ten minutes. Um, uh, about two minutes before we were recording, so we, we were about about to go live, or we are live rather. Um, but we, we've got a um, we've got a bit of a, uh, a, a a quiz to to promote right now. That's happening at the end of the podcast. Um, this is the world's hardest Tottenham Hotspur podcast, and the quiz today is very niche. Is all I would say. Like if you thought it was difficult before, this is niche. And if you were paying attention. During a certain period of our most re- not the most of our recent history, like in the last six years, a specific period in that six years, then you're going to do very well. James, you're back. You had a week off last week. I thought that was a bit of a liberty, James. You had a week off because you are the reigning champ, and we did say a couple of weeks ago that if you didn't show, then you abdicate your title. But given the form you're in, we thought. Actually, let's just give him a break. He's worked hard. He's earned. He's, he's earned his right to, to dictate terms. But how are you feeling, Jimmy? Yeah, good, Matt. I, thanks. I appreciate the break. Uh, the bout against Thelonious took a lot out of me. Took a lot out of me. I needed the the break. But uh, you know, if, um, I'm feeling well rested. I'm feeling confident. Been working on my quiz game in the background. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. Jim, did you respond to, or did it did it sort of take you aback the fact that Connor called you a bitch? Was it Connor that called me a bitch, or was it the so other now, that, that lost to him? Connor, <laughs> what did you call him? Because I, I, I've got, I, I can get the DMs up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually call Jimmy anything. Um, name calling is not my, not my strong point. Um, I just uh, explained that I'd prove that he's just as regal or less regal than my dog. So you called, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you called him a dog, basically. Well, yeah, I mean. I, I, not even, not even at dog level. Oh. Certainly not my dog level. <laughs> He's a mongrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you've exactly. got a pedigree, James Regal, who is like the counting winner of, of of this this quiz, is not even at the level of your own dog. And I, and I've got to say, I've got a dog, and there are yeah. few well, humans. You know well, I do know, I do know, because there, there are a few humans out there that I'd put on the level of Frankie Tanky. So, uh, so uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's not fair on James because he's just been a nice guy. He's been courteous. He's been humble in defeat, uh, in, in victory, oh. rather. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Lav, um, let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about our friend Connor, Connor Suckling here. <laughs> um, just, uh, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to be taking the apple of my Tottenham knowledge, sticking it in his mouth and giving that piggy a little roasting, a little bit later on in this podcast. <laughs> How All long right. have you had that written down, Jimmy? <laughs> about, <laughs> oh, about, shit. Uh, about six days, Connor. But, but you know, this is my time <laughs> on the podcast. I'm going to milk it. Until yeah, you, I would, mate. Until you can kick me off. You need to turn up. Well, this is it. This keep, is, it's well, a- I mean, Flav, if he keeps referring to the needless murder of innocent animals, then I think we should just kick him off anyway, personally. Uh, yeah, but you're speaking for the you know, the sort of 0.9 percentile of football fans that are actually give a shit about animals. That's and I, I do. One at a time. Hey? Alex, one at a time. 
<laughs> Fair aren't, aren't footballs made out of leather still, or is that? Well, all right. We... Where are you in 1974? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. It's the first thing that came. What are you 1974? First thing came to my mind. So, um, I, I don't like that that tactic, James. As, as a vegetarian myself, who has, you know, by just becoming a vegetarian, you make yourself a massive hypocrite. Um, I don't like being challenged on that level. So for that, you get a point deducted. So you need, you, you need an extra point to beat Connor. That's not true. Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Discredit the, uh, the competition. Anyway, we're, we're going to get into um, the wonderful life that is being a Spurs fan right now. So I'm going to put you guys on mute. We're going to get to, um, we're gonna get to the, uh, the quiz very shortly. But I wish you both well. Um, it, I don't know what I want. I do. I want James to carry on his dominance in this quiz, or do I want a newcomer in Connor who's got the chat? It's got to be said uh, to, to 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 take the victory. Oh, if you had to choose one or the other, who would you want to go through? Uh, I mean, I quite like the quiz to end, but um, Connor. Uh, yeah, well, for all the effort you put in and producing this podcast, your opinion is irrelevant. It really is. Yeah, I know. I just, I just knew that might rile you up slightly. Let's yeah. talk about something. No, how about fuck yourself, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, Felonius will be joining us very, very shortly. Uh, but before that, I just want to say hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Fighting Cock in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. And all I would say is this comment, Alex, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing because every little thing yeah. is going to be all right. Maybe not every little thing. No, an, an overarching feeling of all rightness has has struck me. Now, has it? Uh, yeah, not every because th- there's nothing like. The, do you think there's been a fan base in the history of British sport who have had every little thing about supporting their club be all right? Apart uh, from, no, I think even Manchester United City. Probably had it. United probably had it for a while. Yeah, the treble season '99. That's about as good as you're ever going to get. <laughs> like, imagine being a fan. Like you, these people who are following their football club, right? They've like in the same way that we have. We've chosen Tottenham, and they chose Man United at some young age. Maybe the the, the best bunch of that United fan base in '99 were given the football club by their dad or their mum, whatever it might be, and they're the ones that deserve it because they didn't choose it. And then there are other people, other, other kids, about eight or nine, where they think, oh, I've got a full of football club because all everyone around me is sort of, you know, supporting a football club. Who's top of the league? Oh, Man United are. They don't deserve it. So, no, but, you know, but you know what, right? I was saying this to one of my old schoolmates the other day. I was saying, and he was talking about United and it's, you know, it's just hard work, hard work these days. And I was like, this is like, you should... You know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy, genuinely happy for you that you've had to go through all this. Because what you're going to enjoy now, when United do have a period on top, which they will, they're too big not to, uh, it, it's going to be so much sweeter. You're going to love it so much more and cherish it. Uh, whilst we're like flinging around, trying to swing it from branch to branch, trying to get a Carabao Cup at the end of it before we fall off the last branch and into crocodile festive waters. But you know, it's, it's... isn't there an irony in what you're saying? Though? Because that that's us as well, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's I, that's what I like about about football is that you know the ups and the downs. I mean, 
it's very nice winning all the time every week, but surely when United were winning three, four, five Premier Leagues on on the trot, or maybe missing out one year, but then having three years on top of that, like it's there's, there's got to be some jeopardy in football, man. Yep, hundred percent agree. Uh, I remember when they beat us. Actually, no, it was Chelsea who beat us in the Carabao Cup or FA Cup semi final at Wembley, right? And obviously, Spurs fans and I, when we were five one down in the semi final at Wembley. I left before the Chelsea fans left, right? Because what you know, you've seen that at Wembley, where whether it be at any cup competition, if you're losing, the home t- the the team that wins, they they celebrate, they stay, they clap their players and that, and yeah. the losers, in 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 a dignified way, put the towel between their legs, up their ass, and they leave the leave the stadium. <laughs> we left the stadium, and there yeah. were Chelsea fans on the train. Who'd got yeah. out early to beat the traffic or beat the 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 the, uh, the mass of people that would would descend on Wembley Way? Yeah, so, I remember that, man. That and, and, and the thing is, is that like if if you can't appreciate the glory of of winning an FA Cup semi final or winning a Carabao Cup final, I think I had a similar situation with Man United actually when they beat us in the final. Then what is the point? Like, it's it's not it's not. Like winning everything all the time is not the path to happiness or contentment. But just that's winning important. something every now and then is. And that's what we could still do this season now. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Um <laughs> it's 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 the only thing that is you know, that makes sense as to why he stays, really, for me. Uh you know, he was here. He was here to win things, and he still could win two things. He's only one step away from one of those, and you know, three or four, four, five games away from the other. So, yeah. <laughs> Flonius has joined us. Hey, Dinty. Hello. hello. How good, you doing, good, mate? good. Uh, good. Do you want to apologise for being late or not? Yeah. So yeah. much happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Yeah, I will. <laughs> you didn't have to. See, it doesn't, it doesn't the listeners, matter. Not to you, but the listeners. Oh, okay. All right. They deserve better. They, they do deserve better. This is the Fighting Call Podcast, after all. Um, T, uh, so we've, we, you know, after the West Ham defeat, we're, we're seven in, in ten. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that things are becoming a bit precarious for Jose Mourinho right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why not? Um, don't be wrong, I mean, sacking him now, as I presume Alex has probably said already, he doesn't really help anyone. But something we've yet. not really something he may have mentioned it hasn't is that um the cost of missing out in Europe might be more than the cost of sacking him, so we could have to weigh that up. Do you know what? I wanna I wanna come on to a, a conversation about Jose Mourinho in in the latter part of this podcast. Um yeah, yeah. but um yeah, it's it's um it it wasn't it was a weird loss to, to to a team who hate us so much more than we hate them. T, what, what did you did did you take it badly, or were you a bit like me, where you thought, oh, "I don't really, get, I don't care about West Ham." It's not like it's not like we lost to Chelsea or Arsenal. I don't care about West Ham as much as as, as those two teams. How did you feel about the result overall? Uh, I mean. Not that bothered by losing to West Ham per se, but that's such a simplistic game plan, and it worked. 
um, put crosses in the box. We'll shut the bed. We did. Um, snuff out Son and Kane. They did. And it, well, it worked because they won the game. Bell and things around a little bit, but we just seem easy to figure out. I've not really found a way to counteract that. Losing to West Ham was annoying because the game was there for the taking. The second half, as I presume you alluded to, gave us hope, but keeps making these half-time changes. There's been so many games where he's made these changes at half-time because he's fucked up the tactics in the first place. And and no, it's very frustrating because someone with his, um, with his resume needs to just see the signs that Dyer was not fit for purpose, especially in the two at the back. So, yeah, there was that there was that overlying, overriding frustration from me from, from the defeat because I felt it was completely avoidable. Alex, how, how do you feel about West Ham as a rival overall? Because um, I, I did a couple of previews for West Ham fans before this game, and it's clear to them that this is massive, it's huge. Um, do, is is it huge? Is it like how do you rank playing West Ham in the same way as we would if we were playing Arsenal or Chelsea? Does it rank anywhere similar or not? No, I mean it's nowhere near it. I must say, in the stadium, it always means that little bit more, but outside, it, it doesn't. I quite like West Ham. I feel like it's. I'm just like, oh, come on, let's be mates. I I, I quite like watching West Ham. You know, they're I I and I'm not. I don't have any issue in saying I think they're a proper football club. Um, you know, for warts and all, you yeah. know, not so much now since they've kind of let themselves be moved along to the stadium. You know, I I feel sorry for them in that aspect. If that happened to us, I God, I I dread to think what what I would have done with my fandom of Tottenham. But um, they, no, they don't rank anywhere near it. You know, so it's it's I wasn't that fussed about that part of the defeat. You know, it, it, the the defeat itself was more. Um. Do you know what, though? Even saying that, I kind of finished the game and was like, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of half expected that. <laughs> you know, it, but I'm not angry. I'm not angry anymore. I'm not sh- screaming at the telly or, like, ranting. Like, I'm just, I'm just not, like, not that fast. I want to come into your mental state as well. Again, I, I, I've written a question in, in the latter part of the podcast that I want to come into and ask both, both of you. But... um. Uh, let, let, let's talk about the game a little bit. Reguillon returned, which we're all happy about, but still in the defence of uh, that included Dyer, Sanchez, and at the start Tanganga. Doherty came on second second after of the game, and we improved massively. I'm not sure how much of that was down to him, but it doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? And it doesn't matter how how good your riches are in in attack when you've got a defence that contains at least two players that probably shouldn't be there. Um, I would give Dyer the benefit of the doubt because I thought uh, the, the earlier part of this season, he was really good. Really, really good. I genuinely, I will back and defend his um, his performances in the earlier part of the season. He's been yeah. poor in the last four or five, definitely. Maybe four, maybe six. Uh, Sanchez we've got a massive issue with, but he wasn't actually that bad in this game. Although he was all over the place for the first goal, he was completely out of position, just left his sort of central berth that he should have been in. But anyway, uh, I, it's, it doesn't matter how good you are going forward. And we proved in the second half how good we could be going forward. And we should have won this game, in my opinion. Um, but when you've got that defensive lineup, it's it's difficult to legislate for. Um, T, what, what do you make of that? Oh. 
<clears throat> Marina keeps talking about, you know, to the press about individual errors. And he's picking the players that are making the individual errors. So it's difficult not to be pissed off with them because they're probably making little indications that he wasn't backed in the in the transfer window. But we're picking players that are making the mistakes. So and you keep changing the back four. So, you know, that was just that was just massively irritating. And they even bail out of the starting lineup after you took him off early against Wolfsburger as well. Mm. So we thought, yeah, that's probably with a view to a start this game. And he brings him on at half time when, you know, within two minutes, Lingard scores. Yeah, but I would say, I'd say to that, T, though, is, it is that if he was managing Bale as a player about getting the best out of his performances, then whatever he did during the, you know, Wolfsburger game and this game, that he, he did it well because Bale was, you know, the best player on during both games. So it'd be hard to criticise Jose Mourinho for managing Gareth Bale's minutes on the pitch when you saw what he did in both games. Is that fair? I don't think it's fair because surely you start the game with a team that's going to win the game. You don't bring them on at half-time when we're already a goal down. And I mean, maybe it were to give him half an hour. Maybe that was his thinking, but getting to a point where there's loads of double half-time substitutions because... Again, he's got the tactics wrong and he's got to be a little bit culpable for that. He can't, I mean, you can't legislate for players making mistakes. When you're picking the players making the mistakes, then, no, it's it's, 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 frust- it's frustrating. But, no, Bell was amazing. It looks like he's going to save another Portuguese's job like he did of AVB. So that would be a fun end to the season, seeing how Bell saves the day again. See, what I would say is never dare screw me again. And, uh... I'm, I'm going to be doing it throughout. I mean, <laughs> Boris Johnson's announcement today has made me in a, in a good mood, so be thankful because <laughs> if that announcement never happened, we are... I'd, be in, I'd be intolerable. I just, I just want to say quickly, uh, my missus just turned up and um, she's going to come in the kitchen. She's going to cook food. So any ambient sounds you hear of food cooking, I apologise for. The reason for it is we've got a new cooker and she's really excited. Now, that sounds misogynistic. It doesn't mean to be. She just genuinely is excited about it. That's, it's not... Is it an aga? No, I'd love that. I'd love that, but um, not not at that position currently. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't mind you dis- dis- disagreeing with me uh, and you, Alex, but don't disrespect me. Okay, uh, I'd never ever ever do that. Never. Have you got a problem with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll disrespect you all day. I thought that was an absolute nonsense comment. Uh, he's come off at sixty-five minutes to, and he should have been starting against against West Ham. Like you've got Lucas there. Who we know, we know what Luke can do. Uh, like you know, he's danced in front of us, and I've seen it. Right, I've seen your dancing moves. Uh, it's shit. Right, so uh, I've got someone here who's actually a bit better than you. He's going to start. If he's not doing it at our time, then then make the substitutions. Lucas is, is nothing if not can be at times a bit of an impact player, like we've seen in the second half of Chelsea. You know, so that's fine too. I just. I mean, Bale came on and Bale was the only was the only thing that changed that second half. You know, everything that, that kind of went through them, it picked everyone up. I mean, we still didn't really see Sun, did we, that second half? Kane really struggled to kind of get in in and amongst the game. Um, you know, Delhi came on and, and is finding it is still finding it difficult. You know, it, it's I just I yeah, I, I I honestly don't know. I honestly I honestly don't know the thinking. Usually like I've got an idea of of oh, your thought process, I can see why that did that and why did that. But with Mourinho, I just don't, I don't get half of it, you know. And that might be my, that's probably my fault. But I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'd say it is your fault. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Bell, um, <laughs> one one good point you you did make, Alex. Um, yeah, actually, made all, all of what you said made complete sense. To be fair, um, I was about to say that Bell coming off as an impact sub was the correct way to use him, but like you say, more more as proved over and over again that he can be that. So maybe it wasn't right, but it, I just look at look at Bale's performances over the two games, and now you're looking towards the 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 latter part of the season and thinking Bale now genuinely becomes an important part of what we're trying to do. I don't know what. Yeah, we, that's I don't... exciting. Yeah, there's no getting around that. I finished the game. I finished. I ended up finishing the game more excited about actually seeing Gareth Bale open his legs up a little bit than <laughs> than I was bothered about the defeat. What does these gooch look like? Uh, just smooth, smooth. But with a little smooth, but with like just one little mole. Tough. Oh right, I was gonna say toughs, but you're saying mold. No, no, I yeah. get it. I get it. Um, yeah, like T, are you excited about Bow's resurgence? Because it feels like something's happening, right? It feels like something's clicked in his head. It feels like the whatever we've done with him, whether it's like work that Mourinho and the coaching team have done with him, and I'm sure Mourinho will take credit if Bao flies for the rest of the season, but it feels like something has clicked. And if something does click with a player that good, then the the kind of existential crisis that we're currently going through again as Spurs fans could be alleviated by just watching someone like him just perform. Like that would be great, wouldn't it? T? I think it's it's massively helpful because the Kane and Son experiment is kind of almost drawing to a close, and that everything goes through them. So now Bale is stepping up. That just helps everyone because you know West Ham figured out that they just cut off the supply, and them two were pretty much toothless. But with Bale there, they didn't know what to do with you know with a third part of the equation. I think all three of us wanted to see all three of them in the same team excelling, and they're closer to that now. And I think at least now Mourinho has a has something there to kind of build on because Bell had come and had been as uninspiring as he, as he has been for a lot of his time at Spurs in the second spell, then you have nothing to kind of look forward to. But yeah, I think having a three-pronged attack like that is massively helpful to Mourinho's future at Spurs, the immediate future anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, uh, you know, if, if Mourinho's future in, in, in the next sort of, two or three months is improved. That means that as fans uh, and our experiences watching our football club play is improved as well. Um, you know, we, we talked about um, the, the idea that, that, that Gareth Bale could be, like months ago, could be, you know, the, the, the final jigsaw puzzle in that front three-pronged attack of Son, Kane and Bale. And you look at Bale's performances against West, West Ham especially, because um, Wolfsburg do- doesn't really tell you anything. You know, you saw his, how well he played against Wickham. doesn't tell you anything. Um, the same against Marine when he came on. doesn't doesn't tell you a thing. But against an actual... A, a team that's currently in the Champions League play- places in the Premier League, to, for him to come on and really dictate the game. And he floated across the pitch like I hadn't seen him float since 2013. Like, it felt like maybe his mindset is in the right place and, and, and his physical attributes are, are, are correct. And now he, in the same way that he carried AVB through an entire season, that maybe he'll carry Jose Mourinho to, to the end of the season. And um, we might actually see some exciting football. 
Alex, will you? Will you um, uh, 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 and I know your position in, in that you, you've made your mind up about Jose Mourinho, and you want him to go. But, mm. but that's that's what it seemed like when you was messaging on Saturday. Selfish. I mean, Sunday. selfishly, I'd like him to go now. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the best thing for the club for him to go now. Okay, but do you think that we would be able to offer you? as a fan who wants to see exciting football, like we all do, to be fair. But one of the biggest criticisms you had was that we weren't playing great football and it was boring. And the second half, it wasn't boring. We went from, we went from, we had to, but we, we, we really did go from. And I, and I think over the last four or five games, you start to see a more expressive Tottenham Hotspur. If, um, if Gareth Bale can be playing in the way that we hoped he could, then maybe the football will be there and and if the results are not there, but the football is, and we're playing attacking football in the way we did, have done for many years, would that be enough for you? Well, for the rest of this season, yeah. I mean, the the the, the thing is, with if if Bale can come in and 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 does that type of thing, then there's there's an element to to enjoy. You know, it, it's it's difficult to explain, as I've said before, but it's just it's still even the fir- the first half against West Ham was was very much like one eye on it. it, it it's, and that, that didn't really change. Bale came on and, and, of course, the second half was exciting because we had to go for it after it. If they haven't scored after a minute, I don't anticipate a huge amount would have changed in terms of in terms of approach. But we can't rely on being 2-0 down to go and take that approach where we clearly look at our best. And if we're trying to play to our strengths and end up getting um, done... By defensive errors or whatever, personally, I can I can deal with that, and I'll go right. Well, it's a, obviously it's an obvious deficiency within the squad that needs to be fixed at the next time of asking when it comes to transfer windows. So that's okay, you know, I I can deal with that. So, like you say, if Bale comes in and does and keeps performing like that and continues to just you know make those percentage gains every every week, um, and we have second halves like that, but from the start, yeah, yeah. I'm well, fine. If you, if you think um, you know the next sort of four games are Wolfsburg, Burnley, Fulham, and Palace. Yep. If we win four of those games playing att- attractive football, the whole landscape changes, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily about attractive football. It's just about intent, right? So the, these four games for me are will will signify to to me personally really whether he is Mourinho is capable of changing an approach and thinking right okay maybe i got it wrong you know so let's let's try and play to what are clearly our strengths rather than trying to limit our weaknesses because these are all games where we can be on the front foot from the start to go and win these games and put our foot on the throat of football matches um uh, and if we don't do that or the approach doesn't allow us to do that then that's that that will that will be the definite final nail in the coffin of what I, of, of his, of him being able to. I mean, he compared his coaching methods after the game to second to no one in the world, right? And but, it, but that's not him actually believing that, right? You don't. Oh no, I, th- I, I genuinely think it is. Actually, that's that, as soon as I said that out of my mouth, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that's exactly what Jose Mourinho would say, and and then that's exactly what you want. From from uh, Jose Mourinho, if he's your manager, that if it isn't the truth, if it isn't, if he's not able to do it anymore, like he could previously, then 
it will end and it will end quickly. I'd rather but, him say that if he said that whilst we were doing bits, I, I'd probably have a T-shirt with it on. Not when he's not doing fuck all. Yeah, so just shut your mouth, basically. Work harder. He was asked the question, but yeah, it's not very well timed. It's a bit tone deaf as well. But, you know, I mean, all the, all the gloom and doom have been given. We did have 20 shots on goal or 20 goal attempts during the game to West Ham's four. So there was a bit more attacking intent, I think. After West Ham went ahead in the first half, we did have the better of that half. And again, after the goal in the second half. And as Alex said, maybe we should have started that, started that way in the first place. But I think there's little bits of, um, of improvement in terms of entertainment value from watching Spurs over the last two, three games. Just not converting to results. But he has to get it right from, from the kickoff in the future. He can't be picking bosses like Eric fucking Dyer and expecting especially to get done. We're going to pick I, Dyer. I mean, I, put him in a defensive three. Don't put him in a two because he's fucking garbage. Go now. I genuinely thought, you know, I was je- I was quite excited for the, for the West Ham game in particular because I, I do think, and I, I still think this, that if we can have a result against, you know, a team in and around us where the approach is right and it comes off and away we go and we end up doing someone 2-0, 3-0, 3-1, 4-1, I, I think that could be a real catalyst for them because, you know, the end of the season is in sight. There's a cup final at the end of it and there's a quarterfinal of the Europa League to be to be excited about. I think you'd get that momentum and that, you know, that's when things like, you know, siege mentality and everyone thinks we're going to bottle it again. Well, fuck it. We're not going to do it this time. I think that's when that can carry you a little bit. Um, and that's why I was quite pumped for the West Ham game because I thought, because this could be that game. If we do these guys 2-0, 3-0, you know, I, I just think that would carry us on. You know, the next football games are all games really we should be winning. Um, you know, I'd like to see us, you know, it might be the scum game. Maybe we maybe we do Arsenal 3-0 and the momentum of that carries carries us on and we go into a really exciting period of the last 10 games of this of this football season um, and, and achieve end up achieving something quite special. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, is if we win these next three games, which we're more than capable of, of winning, and if we do go for the jugular at, at the beginning of the game rather than just waiting and seeing, uh, as we've seen in, in the previous games, and certainly against West Ham, where we had to put the pressure on, we could. And not only did we, you know, we could put the pressure on, it weren't just about possession, we cut through them. We did find ways to uh, 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 to win this game. And like I was, I was watching the game and my missus was watching it as well. And she just kept saying, I can't believe how lucky you are. Uh, unlucky, unlucky you are. And I, in my head, I'm thinking of all the games that have gone before rather than just seeing this as an isolated game of 90 minutes. And she was saying, this is really unlucky. You're unlucky. You hit the hit the bar, you hit the post, you created umpteen chances in the, in the second half. And as someone who isn't as invested as we all are, she looked at that game and thought, yeah, you were unlucky. So maybe we were just unlucky to win that game. And if we had, if we had the luck with us, we had won that game. We beat Fulham, we beat Wolfsburg, or we beat Burnley. And we go into the Arsenal game in a completely different mindset. That all of us, as much as we've been watching footballs for, you know, decades, a lot of us have. And we're all still susceptible to the pretext to every game. And, and, and you know, that's for good reason. But you don't know what comes in front of us. You, you don't. So, 
It's a weird one. Um, the defence is a, a bigger issue, though, because I, I don't think we have a pro- big problem going forward, but defence is, is an issue. And Andrew Lucas says, if you have to pick two centre-backs, who are defenders? Who are you picking? Alex, who are you picking? Uh, out of Aaron and Roden, w- without a shadow of a doubt, and I've said it for about six weeks now. I would also say that, that, that like picking Roden in that is also reactionary. Well, I think, but we've all seen that Sanchez has an issue. Uh, granted, he wasn't actually that bad on, on Sunday, but, you know, I, I think there's I, I, there's an issue there, right? That That's a major confidence thing, I think, with him, and that only comes with game after game after game, which we, there's no time for pragmatism right now. Um, Joe Roden is someone who I think, even from the glimpse that we've seen, is going to be a, a very good defender. He will have mistakes... Yeah, like the like the goal that he gave away against um, Liverpool, he'll have he'll have that as someone who's just made the jump from from the Championship to the Premier League. But if if we're serious about him developing, and he looks like someone that could develop quickly, then play him. And Toby Alderweireld is the, the most experienced and pure, the most natural defender who who loves to defend in in our team. So why not have him next to him? See, that um, seems the most perplexing thing is that Toby Alderweireld isn't playing. Like, I know he had that horror show against Wickham. But other than that, he's been fine. I thought. So I mean, should... I guess the, I guess there's probably people thinking that his legs have gone a little bit, which there is an element of truth in that. But he knows how to defend. I think Reno may have to really consider moving towards three at the back, you know, and um, maybe having Sissoko sit in you know, when when they're pushing up or whatever. But I don't know if I don't know if a back two is really going to work. It's, it's difficult to disagree with Alex regarding Rodon and Toby because they just seem the most reliable. I like Sanchez, but I don't know if Sanchez alongside Dar is a good combination, to be, to be fair. And, you know, I mean, yesterday's game, yeah, we had the best of it, and they didn't really, defensively, other than the two, I don't think they really troubled us that much. They didn't, the defence had them under control, but... Well, given how much space they had... In that second half, how for, like forward we are pushing, yeah. they did nothing. No. So no, no. We, I, I, honestly, like I know it's disappointing. I know we lost against them, but like not not for the first time this season. Nine times out of ten, we would have won that game. Like we like oh, just it's just inches, and I, I've said this so many times on the podcast. Like it's a game of inches. If that ball, like the ricochet ball off the sun, had bounced down. <laughs> two inches to the left would have gone in off the post. If Bale had struck it, he couldn't strike it any truer than he did. But if he had just got a little bit over it, then it would have gone in the net. And it was just... And, and our performance in the second half deserved it. It's not like these were freak chances. We deserved it. It weren't like... Do you remember the, the goal that Bale scored against Manchester City? It was a worldy and we lost 3-2. Yeah, it it yeah. wasn't that. It weren't that. So, And I'm not saying that because we played well in the second half, we should keep Jose Mourinho. I think they're too exclu- um, they're, they're mutually exclusive. You know, we 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 can um, appreciate the fact that we went into that game against West Ham. We went two 0 down. You know, we made the changes in the second half that made a massive difference. They scored the goal they did, which can happen in any game. If they hadn't scored that, we'd have been in a great position because you saw the performance that followed. But you know. It is what it is. But again, we're talking frustration. about... So go, on, go on, Alex. Sorry, mate. I mean, again, we're talking about ifs and buts and talking about um, results and, you know, the, the, the thing that we've been told 
all season is that results are the only thing that matter. And that and that's not happening. So which is, which is why there's such such a divided fan base right now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you can't you know, bringing on someone like Gareth Bale and him doing what he's supposed to do, you know, that's not that's your you know, job. That's not managerial now. That's your is job. It? It's his job to do that. <laughs> so it's just, like I said, whilst I thought I thought we were the same, I thought we were unlucky. I think I, I agree with you. Nine times out of ten, we, we probably would win that game. But the, the simple fact is, we didn't. And this is this is a uh, a manager and an, and an ideal that is based around results. That it's not happening. So I'm, I'm still excited for the next four games because I think I I hope what he would look at the situation now and go. As a, as a coaching team would look and go, there's no time for pragmatism now. You know, we can see that we've got issues at the back and the strengths are going forward. It's time. It's time to go now. It's time to. It's time to just let's try and be positive and in attack games with intent because we're clearly not able to come from ones and two goals down. So let's try and get two, three goals up <laughs> uh, and, and try and do it that way. We all want. It, an, feels, like, it, feels, it feels like every week we're saying. Next two three games are important, and yeah. you end up losing them. So, um, Man City game was a write-off. The Chelsea game we thought we probably could have won. The Brighton game we absolutely thought we could have won. And thing with the Brighton that that felt like the end of a managerial reign in terms of effort and application. I will say is that the last couple of games we can't afford the application of the players. It doesn't look, doesn't look yes. like that Mourinho has lost the dressing room, which so, is where my optimism comes from. That's where my optimism comes from. The just that they're there has been uh, individual, individual performances that meant that there. I feel I still see something there. I don't think that Jose Mourinho will be here in eighteen months' time. I don't, but oh. I see an. But don't don't make that noise, because I'm saying he won't be there in eighteen months. I'm saying eighteen months is a fucking long time. <laughs> but I'm saying he won't be there. He won't be there in eighteen months. What I'm saying is, we've got. A season to save to some degree, and Absolutely. We, we could still do it. But one thing we all agree on is let's get Ledley King out of this fucking football club. He's a bloody problem. <laughs> is he a problem? I don't, who knows? He does feel like he sort of bumble, bumbles around the uh, technical box, going, oh, "I'm not sure what's going on. Why am I still?" He's got imposter syndrome. I've, I've had imposter syndrome my entire life. I just feel like. Um, you know, the good look. He's looking at his defensive um, players, and he's thinking, right? I feel like I could do if I was one of them, I'd be all right. Like I could make that, I could make this better. But when you've got sort of Doherty, uh, Tanganga, uh, Dyer, and Sanchez, Sanchez, he's probably thinking, how much can I do? Anyway. Let's move on to um, where you are mentally, because we talk, we touched on it at the beginning of the pod, and I just want to say that I, I've luckily my brain has allowed me to become more stoical about this whole situation. I've alluded to, to it throughout the podcast, but I feel like I feel like right, it's bad, it's really bad, and I feel like the same way that I felt under one day Ramos, which doesn't bode well for Jose Mourinho but it just became like a backed against the walls let's just see what happens I'm going to support the team and if they let me down then so be it and I just move on to the next game whereas when we were top of the league when we lost I took it like a ton of bricks on my head Alex how are you taking the the, the current runner form um I'm going to be really honest and candid um 
I'm at a point where I'm not. I don't really care um, much either way uh, at the minute because when when the games come closer to the, obviously the final and, and the Europa League, I'm actually quite excited about Europa League. But when it comes to Premier League, I'm just a bit like, well, kind of is what it is now. I feel like I feel like what it was like under Tim Sherwood, but without. The hate's gone. I hated Tim Sherwood because he was just a knob. Alex, can I just stop you there? It's funny you talk about Tim Sherwood just then. Just the, the, the quiz is coming, but it's funny you talk about Tim Sherwood. So James and uh, <laughs> James and Connor, can li- they're, hearing, they're hearing this. If you need a clue on what to swat up on in the next five minutes, <laughs> then uh, there's your clue. Go on, Alex, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't hate Mourinho now. I, in fact, I, I. I feel quite sorry for him. Really, I just think he's. A, I think he's someone who can't do the job to the same level that he can, uh, that he used to be able to do. Uh, and it's quite. It's, I, it feels quite sad to kind of watch someone slowly die. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's genuinely what I think it is. I just think. I think the game's passed him by. I think he's probably not been flexible enough at the right times to adapt and 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 isn't. Um, just isn't as good as, as he was. I understood the the, the appointment. Uh, I think it was probably the right appointment to make in the position that we were in. And I, I understand it, but it, it hasn't worked and that's a shame. Um, so we just need to, to, to kind of get through it now. If there was a genuine option out there, if, it, if a Maurizio Pochettino, but obviously not Maurizio Pochettino, was available now uh, and who was like a pure ob- obvious choice, I'd say, yeah, well, let's just do it. But the only way that it's going to happen is if Daniel Levy decides to spend big on the money that it takes to Mourinho to go out and money, big money to bring the top name in, which means probably reduces funds um, for actually changing the squad, which is just as important. <laughs> so mm. we've got ourselves in quite the pickle. We have. Um, we have. We have indeed. Uh, according to William Hill, if Jose Mourinho is uh, likely to stay at the end of the, to, to the end of the season, two to five would say yes and seven to four would say no. So... According to William Mill, it's more likely that uh, Jose Mourinho won't finish the season than. Well, I mean, any other manager, I think any other manager bar three people in football probably would have been sacked right now. By now, so you know. yeah, it's about wages, isn't it? It's about like how much, how much money. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, do we know anything? I mean, I, I refuse to believe that someone like Daniel Levy wouldn't have had a, a break clause or some type of of not meeting targets exit strategy. You know, like if you finish outside of Europe or don't get in the Champions League uh, and win no trophies, then, you know, that's probably simplistic. But do you know what I mean? There, there must be some performance related. Alex, you saw how he looked at him when he was talking about the Hunmin Son goal and all or nothing, like he was in love. I don't know. No, you're right. You're right, though. You're right. You're right. Apparently, there's no break clause, but that doesn't mean there aren't clauses involved. Um... Seven to four to uh, to 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 uh, to not last the season. Uh, he's also currently two to one favourite to be the next manager to go, which isn't surprising. Two to one though, you could double your money <laughs> if you really hate Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Loads do. L- lump on, sell your house if you're convinced out there. If you're convinced that um, that he's definitely going to going to be the sack. Are you going to get the sack? Then um, yeah, two to one. We'll get you. Do either, do, do either of you feel like that there might be an actual an attraction for Daniel Levy to be someone who sacked Jose Mourinho? 
So it's maybe like, maybe on some level. What some sort of sadomasochistic level? Well, do you think? Uh, do you think there's any type of ego there where it would be? No, I don't think. You know, so. or, or making sure that you know, like uh, you know, people say, I haven't got the ball to sack him. Well, I'll show him. No, I don't I think. There might be. Alex, he's he's like a, he's one of the most successful businessmen in our entire that you know in, in in the last ten years in the UK. Yeah. So what I mean is, he would probably do you think find a way to make it work for him? Being successful with business is about trying to make things work for you. But which is, I tell you, you're not that successful without some ego, mate. I, I will tell you that for nothing. But it's different from saying I want to be the guy that sacked him. That's that's different. Like what you no, just I'm, said. I'm using that as a simplistic way of of saying, like you know. Not to be scared to sack him, or I don't think he's. Know. I don't. I, I, yeah, as, as you know, what, he would have seen all of his stuff about oh, Levy loves him, and you saw. I, I mean, he would have looked at that, and he's probably you know. It's just, I don't know. I just think maybe maybe there is something there where where there might be just as as much attraction in sacking him as there would be in hiring him. I don't. I, I generally think that Daniel Levy wants the best for Tottenham, and I don't feel like his ego will would. Um, you know, usurp that desire. I think the best thing for Daniel Levy is for Tottenham to do really well because it makes the club valuable. It makes his... Actually, I genuinely believe, and this is going to sound mental to say, I genuinely believe that the best thing for Daniel Levy's legacy is a a successful football club, not a saleable football club, a successful one. Um, He's had everything else. Like He's built us from nothing. Like, you remember where we were when he took over? Garbage. Absolute got like people that have started following Tottenham in the last ten years or fifteen years have no idea what it was like in two thousand and one and seeing Gary Doherty play up front against <laughs> Arsenal at Old Trafford in the FA Cup semi final. <laughs> no, they, they they you just don't because it was so bad. Like Gary Doherty wasn't a striker; he was a cent- centre back. But because we had nothing. Going forward, this is a, t- a team that also had Sol Campbell, who would go on to be, and it makes me sick to my stomach to say, go on to be one of the best centre backs in Premier in the Premier League era. So that that's how bad Tottenham were then. We were, we were paying six million pounds for Les Ferdinand, who's a washed up, I say washed up. That's, I'm being harsh. I'm just trying to illustrate my point, but a washed up striker, and um, it was leagues apart from where we are now. We didn't like the, the the stadium, the training ground, all the great to be stuff. Fair, Vlad, that was twenty years ago. Yeah, hmm. tw- but in twenty years, he's transformed a, a, a what would what would now be a what st- Stoke level, like like Norwich, like Aston Villa would, would be. Would we be any further than any of those teams if we hadn't have had the business plan that we've had over the years? If 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 um, if we hadn't had Pochettino, if if the decisions that Daniel Levy had made, would we be any closer to what could potentially be within our grasp right now? Guess we'll never know. I mean, if Daniel Levy pulled his finger out of his ass and didn't go two windows without signing anyone, yeah, but, but we the know, squad that we have now. Yeah, but see that we know that that's we know that there is mitigating circumstances about that. Are they? Well, do they? Yes. Because in the, doc- in the documentary, he then goes on to say about four times about how we've spent more than just as much as anyone else in the last in the transfer window that had just preceded it. So the funds are there. It's just a question about when it's being spent. Same with Nelson and Saha. Funds are available. It's about when it's being spent. I think what's happened is they've looked at that squad and you still hear Steve Hitchin talking about, you know, the plan was to try and keep a group of guys together and grow. 
and it didn't work. So it's all cycles, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Liverpool are kind of suffering from that on a higher level than us. And I just think that we just not really rotate, we're not really cycled a few players out and brought a new, few new players in, you know. Um, not about this is a Liverpool podcast, but they bought Minamino and Origi, and it's not worked for them. And you know, now, they're in the, now they're kind of struggling for options, and we're in that position now. We've gone two windows without signing anybody. Um, maybe Pochettino was backed in those windows. Maybe he'd still be our manager. I don't know. Um, mm. I've often said that the pandemic saved Mourinho's job. Maybe if there wasn't a pandemic, we'd have signed some players because the transfer... Oh, well, merry-go-round, for want of a better term, wasn't really moving around because no one was buying anybody because yeah. of the pandemic. It's going to be Maybe tricky if the in economy the was better, if the economy was better and there's a £100 million signing to make a bit of money go around, maybe we'd have had a Skriniar or someone. But as it stands, we've got a bunch of players who I don't think Mourinho wants there. And I think there's a bunch of players who, maybe, namely Harry Winks, would rather move on and push his career on. But that, and that, no and I don't think anyone... Sorry, mate, just the last one. I don't think anyone can deny that if... If Daniel Levy and Enoch went at the end of this season, that they haven't been a, a, a huge benefit and arguably one of the biggest benefits to Tottenham Hotspur in the history of the football club. Would I don't want, think there's any argument. No, no, I, I don't agree either. But would you, would you want them to go now? If you if you click your fingers, and yes, there'd be, there'd be new owners. So so no Enoch. So Daniel Levy would be gone. A new owner would come in, and no, and a new manager, whoever that might be. Would you do that right now? Would you gamble that? Yes. Yeah. I would, and I've been someone who's been quite a staunch defender of, of Enoch and Levy. But I think I think now is the time. The stadium's done, the training centre's done. They've had their tilt at being able to capitalise on such things. All right, maybe not the new stadium in terms of increased revenue, but with the, if if there's a time for Tottenham to, to kick on and and to go up from there, then now is as good a time as any. I'm not saying that it won't be the same opportunity in another year, two year, three years, but if the option was there now. For that to happen, and it was the right owners. Yeah, absolutely. They they can go now. Yeah, but obviously, if you're saying like if you sell, you know, Harry Kane or Hummin Son, if 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 you could replace Hummin Son with Erling Haaland, or, or uh, sorry, uh, Harry Kane with Erling Haaland and um, Grealish with Son, then there'd be Spurs fans out there. But that like for like swap isn't available. It's not. It's not. It's not going to be that way. What do you mean, owner for owner? You mean? Yeah, like so, you own a better owner than we've got now. We don't know. You don't. Well, no, but what you've got to remember is Enoch came in to invest to invest in the football club, knowing that the stadium is something they wanted to change, the training centre was something they wanted to change, the infrastructure around the club was something that they wanted to change. None of that needs doing now. The only focus about Tottenham Hotspur now moving forward is about being a brand, and being and 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 trophies. That's what I've said when, when the stadium move was to move. The whole point of moving to this stadium was the sign. It was the final physical, tangible kind of beacon to say, look, we're here now. And 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 that's where we are. So it needs an ownership that is an expert in in progressing businesses and brands onto that next le- next level, not so, building them up. Oh, I didn't really like you're not only Jose out, you're Enoch out as well. But not in an angry way. I think Enoch have done a wonderful <laughs> job. I just think if uh, <laughs> I think it's not like a Twitter chance. way, not, not a Twitter way is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, if the chance if the chance is there, I think they've done they're an investment company. Investment companies invest in building a product up to a point where they can sell it at a huge profit. They're there now. Go. 
Yeah, but if they could make that profit, they would be gone. So what? 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 What's but they have. Happen? But they are. The point is there because the infrastructure will be there to be purchased. But what I'm saying is that if no one's coming to buy, then what we can well, have. Yeah, I mean, if no one's buying it, then yeah, I'm saying if there is someone to buy it. <laughs> I've got one more. One more question. Uh, I've got some odds for you as well. But one more question, um, Flonius. Can we finish above West Ham this season? Uh, and uh, and the reason I'm asking is because William Hill have eight to thirteen odds that West Ham will finish above Spurs, and Spurs six to five odds. Uh, it's like, you know, we're not favourites to do it. But in my head, I feel like we can do it. And given all the jip that we've got over the last sort of four, 18 hours, it would be a wonderful thing. It, it would be glorious. I mean, West Ham have got what they've got Man City next. They've got to play United away, and they've got to play Arsenal, got to play Wolves and Leicester. They've got some tough games coming up. So if we do pull our fingers out and Marina doesn't pick idiots in the team, then, yeah, we can finish above them. As, as it stands right now, the way I feel, I don't think we will, but we absolutely can. And we've got our talent to do so. And if we make the right team selections, then absolutely we can, yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, Alex, can we finish above uh, West, uh, West Ham? Yeah, of course we fucking can. I do think that if they don't get any injuries, though, I think they've got a hell of a chance. I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed with them. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. So, so if Suchek goes, then um, if he if he gets a little injury, and given the fact that he was um, headed into the oblivion by uh, Sanchez, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Davison Sanchez is shit. But he's got he's got he's teeth tough. He's, he's got, got a hell of a chin. He's got great a great chin. Great chin. He kind of went he... down for a second, held his head as if he was knocked out. Looked looked round to see if the ball's coming back. Got straight back up and started running. Started running back. Suchek's there with with claret pouring out of him. Yeah, but he did carry on the entire uh, t- entire fight that uh, game rather. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. But I, I I genuinely think we can catch West Ham because their fans are proper chippy at the moment. And what a wonderful thing because you know we don't consider them as the rivalry. Right, they're nowhere near the level as we discussed at the first part of this podcast on Chelsea or Arsenal. But given the narrative that's been created by them and their chippiness, if we can finish above them, what a wonderful thing. Uh, just want to remind everyone that fans can send in uh, their William Hill bespoke bet by tweeting at William Hill using the hashtag your odds and they'll give you a price on whatever odds you want. That's all you have to do. Right, it's time for the quiz. Back to get quizzical. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think man a smart, come quiz. Think man a big, come quiz. Think man a youth with the knowledge for this. Prove that ish on the FC quiz. Think man a smart, hey, come we quiz. Think man a big, come we quiz. Think man a youth with the knowledge for this. Prove that ish on the FC quiz. Come we quiz then, bruv. And we need to bring in uh, Jimmy Regal. And we need to bring in. Connor suckling like a little. Oh, was it the pig? Is it the pig thing that you objected to, Al? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but they're just trying to insult each other. Yeah, but he, you know, Regal brought up you know the senseless murder of a of a young animal. It's unnecessary, so he starts at minus one. He does. He does. He doesn't actually start at minus one. Uh, James Connor, are you ready? Yep. Ready. Yep. Are you ready? Because there's a lot going on this. And this is a Tim Sherwood. <laughs> this is the Tim Sherwood quiz. The world's hardest Tottenham Hotspur quiz. A lot of people message in saying, I could definitely do Jimmy. But I could do him on any every level. I could do him. Um, Connor called him a dog. 
the was it Ryan? Ryan, who called him a, a bitch, and uh, James doesn't deserve this. You don't deserve it, Jim. Do you, Jim? I don't know. Maybe I do, but I don't care. <laughs> Just gonna try and keep winning. Let them talk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, we've got a, a statement from um, from Leo, who produces this this uh, this quiz. He says, "When Timmy met Jimmy, don't know what Timmy is." Uh, today's quiz uh, will be all about the living legend. Oh, there we go. There we go. The living legend that is Tim Sherwood, the gilet wearing master tactician who credits himself with discovering Harry Kane. Kudos to him for that. Anyway, all the questions today will be from Sherwood's reign. To help, he assumed managerial duties on the 16th of December 2013 before becoming permanently appointed on an 18 month contract on December 23rd. As we all know, he didn't make it the 18 months and was sacked on the 13th of May 2014. For the sake of the quiz, we're going to take his initial appointment of 16th of December as the start date. Are you both happy with this situation? Um, well, generally, I feel stitched up because as soon as I start the quiz, Leo changes all the rules and, and, the, and the format. But, yeah, but um, Connor, it's nothing to do with you, mate. Fair, fair. Yeah, in that case, I'm happy. Okay, good. You're happy. James, are you happy? Uh, I am, yeah. This this season's got a special place in my heart. It's the year I moved away to Spain, so I remember it quite well. Oh, so God. Connor, the, he's got he's got pretext to this. Yeah, he's got an edge. He's got an edge. So he says. So he says. Oh, we'll see, won't we? All right, we're going to start. Number one, question for you, Jimmy. Who did uh, Who did we beat in Sherwood's first Premier League game in charge? Oof. There's a clue here. He sat in the director's box for the first 17 minutes because he wanted a better view. Oh, fuck, I do remember that. Was it against someone shit like Stoke? Uh, I would Stoke? say I'd say at the time, yes, but not now. But you have also five seconds to answer. Five, what? four. What do you mean? You've got five seconds to answer your question. You can't even answer. Just said Stoke. Oh, is that it? I thought you were just sort of Stoke. going, oh, oh, is it Stoke? It ain't, it ain't Stoke. Of course it's not Stoke, it's Southampton. I'll give you an extra five seconds there, mate. Are you Con sure about that? I thought he lost his first game. Who did we beat? He won the first league game. Who did oh, we beat okay. in Sherwood's first Premier League game in charge? Who did we beat? Oh, okay. in... Look, uh, honestly, if, the, if there's any issue here, blame Leo. Oh, he, he, the question is correct, mate. What, what, Got the wrong do, answer. Well, have a go about Alex T, please, because he just chumped, he just threw something in there. Sorry, I thought West Ham was a league game, but it wasn't. It was a cup match, wasn't it? No, T, have a go at him. Well, Alex, Alex got it wrong. It's it's I'm yeah. muting myself now. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so confused about what's going I'm on. I'm going as well. See you later. You, you, mate, uh, Jimmy, you didn't get the answer right. Uh, Connor, your question. Who did we beat in Sherwood's last game in charge? Aston Villa. Fuck! How is he? Yes, the correct answer is Aston Villa. We, we won 3-0. Gilet game where he knocked his Gilet. Yeah, that was the Gilet one. It's the only reason I remember it, to be fair, is that it was when he got the mate on the bench as well, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that guy on the, off the bench here. Yeah. Good. Uh, all right, Jimmy, you've got to catch up here now, mate. How many goals did we score under Sherwood? Two either way. 
Ow. Uh, two either way, mate. 32. Is incorrect. 40. Connor, your question. How many goals did we concede under Tim Sherwood? Two either way. Um, 18, I'll go for. Is 30. Is incorrect. Jimmy? Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's not bad, is it? Like, really? Like, it's, that's a plus 10 goal difference. And uh, a second to none um, points return that remains to this day. More than Pochettino. <laughs> More than uh, Bill Nick. More than the second to none, he is our most successful manager. Oh God, what club we have! Anyway, he's available. Um, he is available. He is available. Uh, Jimmy, third question: Who ended the season as top goalscorer in all competitions under Sherwood during that period? Adebayor. He's correct. Jimmy is back in the game. I was surprised. I didn't think you'd get that. I really didn't. All right, Connor, the pressure's back on you because you need to take the lead here, mate. Three, who had registered the most assists by the end of Sherwood's reign in all comps? Ericsson. Ericsson is correct. That's 2-1. Oh my God, what's happening here, boys? Number four, Jimmy. Against which team did Sherwood get a fan out of the stands? Give a, no. a, 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 <laughs> give a fan his Chile. It was uh, against Villa at home. It's correct. 2 all. Can't give him that one. <laughs> no, why did, why did well, you literally give him the answer? But that's shouldn't the way it happens. Champions shouldn't have been showing off. God. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> he shouldn't. All right, Jimmy. Sorry. Uh, where are we, Jimmy? Connor. Connor, sorry, you'll go. Uh, which Carl made more appearances in the league under Sherwood, Walker or Norton? Wow, what a question. Um and we've got we've got the uh, the stats to back this up. I'll go Norton. He's correct. Seventeen. <laughs> so are we three two up? I think we are. Yeah, gotta get this one. You have to get this one. Number five. Tim faced Arsenal twice as Spurs manager. Once in the League Cup. Once in the Cup. What was the aggregate scoreline across these games? Uh. Tough, we lost really our home tough. one nil to Rosicki. I remember that. Oh, you've got the answer then, because you think about the first game you played. You've got the answer, yeah. didn't you? Well, what was the question? How? What was the aggregate score? Aggregate score. <clears throat> so, what did what did Spurs? What was the result when he played at at uh, the Emirates? Was that that game when Walcott did the the two? Was it the game? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three nil. Is the is the like the aggregate score? It's correct. One nil and two nil. It's correct. So he's got it. What's that three all? Yes, this is to win it, Connor. Connor, if you get this answer right, you've knocked Jimmy off his perch. If you can't, if you answer incorrectly, we've got to go to the tiebreak. Noted. <laughs> 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 this is going to be tough for you, mate. I promise you. Uh, the the biggest victory under Sherwood was a five-one win home over uh, a, a five-one win home win over Sunderland. Adebayor scored twice. Ericsson got one, which two players scored the final goals. Oh, oh wow! So difficult. Oh, Harry Kane. 
Harry Kane is correct. Yeah, he was good. How, though, the fuck, how did you remember that? That's good. Well, that was the period where he sort of broke into the team and scored every week for about six games in a row. All right, all right, all right. Um, let, let me give, let me give you a clue because I gave a clue. To, Hang on. Well, I gave you, I gave you a clue. I think he's had more than one clue, to be fair, but that's not for me to say. Actually, can I just bring it, bring in tea? Like you, you just made a point about me not giving clues. Have I? Does does Connor deserve a clue? It. Um, yeah, go on, give him a clue. <laughs> That's unbelievable. What a stitch up. Okay, I'll give you a clue. He <laughs> is. This is going to be the worst clue ever. Literally, <laughs> tell him the answer, isn't he? Yeah. You tell him the answer in the clue. I can't. I'm not sure I can do this without giving the answer. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I suggest you leave it, Flav, and just let him answer the question. All right. I, I'll give you 30 seconds to to answer the question, Connor. Oh wow! It's between two players at the moment. Can I just? Why you think, Connor? Why? Why you think? Yeah. Um, uh, T, do you know the answer to this? I have an inkling. I do. I remember, I remember the game fairly well. I have an inkling. Alex, do you know the answer? Yeah, I know the game because I, I I watched it in a particular place and it just sticks in my mind. Okay, the biggest victory under Sherwood was a five-one win over Sunderland. Adebayo scored twice. Ericsson got one. Connor, you've already got Kane as one. You need one more to level this up and take it to the tiebreaker. I think I know it. It's between two. I think it's either Christian Eriksen or Gilfie Sigurdsson. And I'm going to go Gilfie Sigurdsson. Have you Googled this? It's, I, might have, I think I might be getting it confused with a game against Southampton where we came from behind that season. That wasn't the answer. Have you Googled it? Of course I haven't. No, I don't do that. That's Jimmy's game. There you go, I believe you. Alex, do you believe him? Yeah. It was Gilfie Sigerson. That's four all. Jeez! Oh, 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 oh he's, in, he's won it. No, it's just to win it. He's done it, yeah! Has he done it? <laughs> Has he done it? Sorry, I've got confused. Has he done it? <laughs> Have you a terrible? Yeah, well, this is this is a fighting cop podcast, you twats. What, what do you want me to do? I'm going to fuck this up. Of course <laughs> I'm going to... fucking scores. Well, you should have done it. Uh, James, I'm so sorry, mate. Uh, Connor Suckling... Like a pig has uh, <laughs> has won this, despite the fact that I didn't even tally it up properly. I love it. Let's all suckle at Connor's teeth. Uh, James, fair, fair, fair play to Jim. Jim did really well, man. Fair play. You really did. That was three uh, and uh, four to Connor. Four, four out of uh, out of five was insane, and that was difficult. I thought, James, how are you feeling, mate? Sorry. Uh, I won't lie, mate. I'm a bit gutted, but you know, four out of five is a great performance. So hats off to Connor and. Uh... You know, he earned, he earned his title. I feel like this isn't the end we hear from you. Yeah, good. I, got, I, got, I must say, Connor had about 10 minutes for that answer that question. I mean, <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, who am I to argue with, with the quiz master here? Well, I'm not the quiz master. Leo is. Uh, and if I can't deliver the quiz properly, then fuck you all because I am the host. I am going to be looking up that first game though, because I'm sure I'm sure that's not right. Well, if if there's because ed- like, Bent- Bentaleb played, Bentaleb started, mate. We wore light blue and three two. Yeah, and I and I know because I googled it. Okay, <laughs> what, so are you? T- in the league up. I, 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 do you know what? I feel like there may be an element of retribution here, where where T and Alex can reclaim their dignity because they both got wallets by Jimmy. They're both. But both in this have criticised me 
They've criticised. I think they they hate Connor and Jemmy. So yeah, maybe it, you two can take on Connor next week. You could have a little. That would be Connor well, versus you two. You can consult. How about that? But listen, we're, we're, Flav, we're, you're criticising us for getting quiz questions wrong. We're criticising you for not being able to count. <laughs> you make a good point, Alex. I do, but I'm trying to build something for the future here. Yeah? What you oh, just okay. said doesn't build anything, does it? <laughs> good point. Does he, either of you want to take on Connor next week? I'll let a member of the public do it, mate. Make it more interested. Yeah. Retired. Sound, you both of you sound. I haven't got it anymore. Yeah, he sounds scared. He sounds scared. Uh, James, I, I just want to say massive, uh, massive appreciation for all of you done over the last four or five weeks. Um, you smashed everyone else up, and Connor has come in and probably, to some, to, you know, some might argue, fortuitously. <laughs> James, are you still there? Yeah, did it. No, I, I, I know how it is, mate. He did a great job. He did a great job, and uh, hopefully someday I'll be back to, to reclaim my title. But who knows? Uh, for now, I'll, I'll get my Monday evenings back. Uh, happy with that. <laughs> okay, Connor, congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, Jimmy, mate. You've been a, been a fighting champion. Just doesn't want yeah, to say anything. Doesn't want to say anything. Uh, Connor, what, what, what happens now is we turn on you, okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, All right, you, I'm you uh, ready to take that mental. Yeah, you now become the arsehole. And uh, we try and find someone else who can take you on. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, it was good fun. All right, that's enough, Connor. <laughs> uh, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you so much, T. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Jimmy, for being a part of it for the last, like I say, four or five weeks. Connor, you've been a legend. And, uh, you know, the next month, I'd say a month from now when we're recording this podcast, everyone's going to be so much happier than they are right now. But until then... It's the fighting... Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.